believe me, this is, I think it'll be that circular thing for me. It's, it's going to, I know it's not going to go. I've been working with this for a long, long time. And it's funny. Like I read that book. I've mentioned this on other episodes, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. The whole book is designed about literally crunching, delegating and making everything so efficient that Mm -hmm. essentially you could have a four hour work week, which I essentially kind of did with my business thinking that it would be the end all be all of everything and free up my time. And then again, you know, life just no problems. It's not true. It just doesn't work that way. Now I've, now I'm not busy. Now I'm like, what the hell do I do with all this stuff? You know, what do I do with myself? You know, what am I, how do I hold this time? Because I don't feel productive. Now I condensed all of this and have this free time. The free time is just now time. I spend a lot of the time feeling unproductive where I'm like, all right, I got to do something. I got to like, you know, make stuff happen here. I can't just sit on my ass and enjoy reading a book or it's not that I'm always that way. I'm, I'm catching it often, but it's, man, it's one of those things that it doesn't go away overnight and it doesn't go away just because you've sat with it, just because you've caught it a million times. You work with it and you get better with it and you notice it more, Mm -hmm. but again, it doesn't go away. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor, the antidote to conventional financial wisdom. My name is Al, and I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. This podcast will explore the emotional and psychological factors that affect our behaviors. All of the other financial podcasts out there will talk about the numbers and the math. We will confront the stories that we all fuse with that ultimately set the course for our lives. I am not looking for new clients and have no intention on running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is and call out all the commonplace BS. Now, let's get into confessions of a financial advisor. All right, we are live. Episode 28. So busy. Mm. How you doing, man? Oh, man, so busy. <laughs> that, that is the new small talk. Like, that's the new introduction the new salutation, right? Is it new? I don't know if it's new. Maybe it's not new. It's become extremely common or it was until quarantine happened. And I think it's like predominantly like US common, right? I would assume that it's definitely more of like that Western. The United States cultural. Yes. So busy. Mm Mm-hmm. Be productive and pack your calendar and talk about how much you have going on. And and if you don't, then man, you're a loser. You're a, you're a sloth. <laughs> you're a lazy piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. And so like I start this, we start the whole post with the quote. Mm-hmm. It says, happiness is the absence of striving for happiness. Mm. So it's like the idea that you know, we're constantly on this. We're on the treadmill. And you got to be busy to be happy because you got to get somewhere to be happy. You can't just be happy. You have to get somewhere else to be happy. And the only way you get somewhere else is to be real busy, right? You got to be busy. Yeah, it's like it's become a badge of honor in our society. That Yeah. And I, I hear people say it to me and I'm just like, okay, well... I, I, it's like, I know what you're going to say before you say it. It's like, yeah. well, I don't even know why I even ask, you know, a lot of my friends, I'm like, how you doing, man? All right, here it comes. So busy. 
like I know it's got like it's almost well I, I almost want to say it for them just to like how you doing man are you so busy you know like <laughs> <laughs> well and we talk about it in the post like dude I've got a child I've got a partner I've got a business that I own yeah seriously and you're so busy dude <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I always think then I was trying to dig a little deeper. I'm like, well, what does so busy really mean? I mean, it's not really like a schedule thing. It's not like, you know, your hair's on fire and you're just like running from one appointment to another. And, <laughs> you know, it's more like your mind is just unfocused and scattered. So that could be, that could mean so busy. Well, and how unpresent is that mentality? I mean, yeah. Like, how, where are you? Are you on your next meeting while you're with me? Mm hmm. When you're frazzled, like when you have that frazzled, like, you know, like when you walk upstairs in your house, you forget why you even walked upstairs. I'm like, what the hell? I just walked up here for a reason. Right. And now I can't remember why the hell I'm up here. And you walk <laughs> back downstairs and then you remember why you're up. You're just in this frazzled kind of state. You do a whole day of that. You feel busy. Like you feel like you were busy. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's also a mask. Like you said well, before we started recording because we've been talking for what an hour now <laughs> almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a mess for like i'm anxious i'm depressed it's a mess for i'm it's bored masking something yes there's there's more underneath those words yeah it's covering something deeper up that people don't want to look at yeah. The definition that we, I think in Western culture, busy means important. Busy means attractive. Busy means worthy, productive. And then, yes. so you want to project that, right? So like yep. your can, if your canned answer is I'm busy, that means I'm attractive. I'm important. I'm worthy. I'm all these things. Yep. Imagine saying, you know, Hey man, how you doing? Yep. Man, I got so much time on my hands. Like I literally have tons of free time. Uh, I worked like an, I worked an hour and then I was, you know, I sat around, just looked at, you know, watched a little TV and then I read a book, put my feet up. Got to relax. Do you ever hear that answer? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't ever hear that answer. Well, would you feel comfortable saying that? I don't know that I would. No. I mean, and it's true for me. It is true for me. I'm a freelancer. Yeah. I'm, I work from home. Like I, my commute is literally 15 steps. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of free time in my schedule. Like I, like we were talking about, like I don't shop at grocery stores on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Other people are there, <laughs> but I wouldn't feel comfortable. I don't know that I would feel comfortable expressing that and saying, you know, I've had a really relaxing day today. Why is it more because you don't want to make the other person feel bad or is it because you're projecting an air of like yeah. laziness or I don't know, like maybe they'll perceive it as it's more about the other person's per perception of you, mm, which is a dangerous way to live. It is. <laughs> it is. So I was telling you, I'm like, even with Shelby, my girlfriend, Shelby. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes like I do the little white lie of like telling her I'm more busy than I am because I'm embarrassed that I'm not. Right. Because deep down as a man, I feel like you have to be productive and busy because that's attractive and that's masculine and that's, you know, all these things. And so you're, you're that's strength and, you know, that's the attractiveness. And to be like a <laughs> slothy guy that's like laying on the couch with Cheetos on his belly, you know, <laughs> it's like the opposite, right? It's the, oh my oh goodness. God, the opposite. Yeah. Like even. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Like I, I always, th- it's like, all right. So this goes on a different tangent. You might not like what I'm going to say. But a friend of mine once told me like, so he married someone that was a lot younger than him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a 15 year difference. Right. Okay. Between him and the, uh, not, but like we, we had this conversation. He's like, you know, all of his friends giving him like crap, like, Oh, you know, freaking what do you drop in the cradle? And you know, and, yeah. Man, what you, she could be your kid and that kind of thing. And he was like, "Wow, like you're making fun of me because I'm with a very young, attractive woman that I married. I should be feel bad about that." I'm like, "How does that work?" And I thought it was just funny the way he said it. it was he was saying it in a way that like I, he loves being married to somebody that was young in his minds. Okay. And people were making fun of him for not, you know, oh, you should be ashamed of this thing. So it's like this weird thing. It's like you should be ashamed of having free time and having your life back and ha- being able to and having you know, pers- flexibility. Having flexibility, like yeah, yeah. But we're not. Our culture does not celebrate that. It's not. You know, there's so much judgment. There's so much judgment, and people are just judging. They are They're just judgmental. They're just. But that's why the freaking Tony Robbins of the world freaking are so damn successful. You're growing or you're dying, like that. I'll never forget that that line. You're growing or you're dying. Like you can't just be like in this. Can you just be? Can you just be and exist? Yeah. Can you rest? Like you and I were talking about. For me as a woman, like our culture indoctrinates us. We're supposed to be the caretakers. Well, who's taking care of us? Yeah. And we're not taught, and it's totally self-imposed, mm-hmm. that we take it on and tell ourselves that we're not on our own list. Sometimes I just need a fucking nap. Yeah. And I won't give myself permission. Well, like you said, self-care isn't just like, you know, mani-pedis no. and like massages and like, no. you know, facials. No, it's like, like take a fucking nap Sometimes if you need a nap. I just need to take a fucking walk. Like, let me just take walk, a walk, walk around the damn block. Without like, guilt, without expectation, without, without anything. Without phone? Yeah, well, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so the so busy thing is just, there's so many layers to it. There is. But it's also tied to, you and I were talking about the fallacy of arrival. Yes. The myth that we buy into that when we get to this point, we'll have arrived. Yeah. It's like, well, you're never going to get there. Yeah. You as busy as you fucking like. Happiness, the absence of striving for happiness. It's like that myth of destination. It's tied to again the lack of presence. Yeah. Where you're at now is not satisfying enough. It's not good enough. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I need to be somewhere else. I need to do something else. I need to Well, there's somebody better. There's somebody more attractive. Well, I think it it comes back to like that whole idea of there's not these like hard answers to a lot of these types of questions. Like, you know, I think you could be lazy. I mean, you could be busy. You could be lazy. Those are like the two opposite sides of the spectrum. There's like a middle ground, mm-hmm. but there's no perfect equilibrium. It's there's different seasons of your life. You're going to be a little busier in certain times and, you know, yeah. relax in certain times. And When you have young kids, like your schedule is going to look a lot different than when your kids are teenagers. It's, yes. I mean, it just is. It's just different. I mean, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. It's just different. Right. But the self. Like I told you, like, I don't like dating men with young kids. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that? Like when it came to dating, I initially thought 
that I should date people that didn't have kids because I had a kid. Hmm. So I'm like, because I, you know, I have somewhat of a flexible schedule. I don't want to try to like not coordinate with somebody else's schedule with their kid. This is my thought process at the time. I went on a handful of dates with people without kids and I'm like, can't do this. Got to date people only with kids. Because they just, they can't possibly understand. like, so eventually it went down the road of like, you know, they want to do something. I'm like, I have my kid. Sorry, I can't do it. And they just, after a while, it became an issue. And I've gone back and forth myself with it. Because I've gone on dates with men that don't know. How the hell has this turned into a dating conference? I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so busy. I can't fit you in my schedule. Well, it's like, it's our culture's favorite word. Busy. Yeah, it's a default. It's a go-to. And I find it personally very off-putting. Like I do when too. someone says it to me, I'm just like, oh, really? I thought, well, if I were really a priority to you, you would find the time. Mm-hmm. You're not that busy. Yeah. I think it's the default setting for a lot of people. It's an excuse. Yeah. But it's also, the it's just a canned answer. Like, they're always busy. Like, I know people that have been saying they're busy for 10 years straight. It's like... You're going to be busy your whole life. That's you're the guy on your deathbed. Are you busy on your deathbed? You're just busy. Like it just becomes this thing where I was telling you, like, you know, they're going to say it before they say it. Oh yeah. I'm like, why am I even asking how you're doing? Cause I know what you're going to say you're freaking busy. Okay. Don't ask people how they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just assume that yeah. everyone's busy and just don't even ask the question. I should say, how's your busy life doing? Yeah. I- <laughs> How's your not busy life doing now? How's one? Yeah. Because mine's going great. But I think it comes back to, again, shame. Like as a man, I feel shame for not being busy. Well, yeah. And like, well, I guess the woman's perspective is like, you feel shame if you're not taking care of other people. So if you're taking care of yourself, then obviously you're not taking care of other people and you're not quote unquote busy. It's like a a self-imposed guilt. It's just like, nobody's putting it on you. And I lived that way for a long time until yeah. up until I got divorced, actually. And then I was like, screw this shit. Like, I- I'm still working with it. Like, I still, I'm still like, just again, it's like circular. It's not like I got it and I'm past that. It's just like, all right, I'm revisiting Spirals that. Of, oh, That's shit. what freaking, yeah, James Hollis. Holy crap. When he said that circular, he's like, at best, it's spiral, like your life experience. It's not like one side to the other and your past grief and your past, all these things, your past feeling guilt about being busy. Like, no, you don't get past it. You, you revisit it. <laughs> Maybe you have a little more wisdom, you know, the second it's time like around. Forgiveness. Like if you asked me how my weekend was, my answer would be awful. Because mm. grief came to visit unexpectedly. And I'm like, oh, that's again. Oh. Yeah. It was just a lot. Um, and I'm like, hmm. pushing that button. It's that spiral of like, it's not linear. Life is not linear. And that frustrates the hell out of me because I want it to be linear. Like the, the recovering perfectionist is like, show me that. Mm -hmm. Show me what it's going to look like. Yeah. Like, give me the steps, let me check the boxes and then life shows up and it is so messy and it is so <sighs> ridiculously not. You want answers. You don't want to sit with the questions and with the questions is very difficult. You know? Tell me what to do. Right. Give me the roadmap. And yet life doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. it, in so on so many levels, on so many levels agreed. 
relationships, forgiveness, grief, trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Pick a topic. Right. How you feel about yourself. It's just, yeah. Yeah. All this crap is self-imposed. Like we, no, it's we really because we, but we make these kind of statements that like you know it's Western culture, it's the U.S. Yeah. Everybody's so driven. If you look at it as worthless, if you're lazy, if you're not busy, also excuses. Yeah, who is? I mean, I guess once you get over that hump of not giving a crap what other people think, then being busy or not busy or whatever, like what does it matter? <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> believe me, this is. I think. It'll be that circular thing for me. It's, it's, I know it's not going to go. I've been working with this for a long, long time. And it's funny. Like I read that book. I've mentioned this on other episodes, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. The whole book is designed about literally crunching, delegating and making everything so efficient that Mm -hmm. essentially you could have a four hour work week, which I essentially kind of did with my business thinking that it would be the end all be all of everything and free up my time. And then. Again, you know, life just no problems. It's not true. It just doesn't work that way. Now I've now I'm not busy. Now I'm like, what the hell do I do with all this stuff? You know, what do I do with myself? You know, what am I how do I fill this time? Because I don't feel productive. Now that I've condensed all of this and have this free time, the free time is just now time I spend a lot of the time feeling unproductive, where I'm like, all right, I gotta do something. I gotta like, you know, make stuff happen here. I can't just sit on my ass and enjoy reading a book or it's not that I'm always that way. I'm, I'm catching it often, but it's, man, it's one of those things that it doesn't go away overnight and it doesn't go away just because you've sat with it, just because you've caught it a million times. You work with it and you get better with it and you notice it more, mm-hmm. but again, it doesn't go away. And we always think it's going to go away. We're going to conquer this, you know, or the whole progress, not perfection. Yeah, like that that's the best advice. It really is. I mean, that's what this this whole blog and podcast like was <laughs> based on that. Like it was kind of I can't do it. I can't every week try to make something perfect. You just got to do it. Done is better than perfect. You and Done I have said that for as long as we've been working together. Right. So because perfect just can stops you in your tracks, right? Perfect basically paralyzes you. It kills. Yeah. It is the death to progress and creativity. Yes. There's no perfect in creativity. There's no such thing, right? It's like the perfect piece of music, the perfect book. There's no such thing. It's all an interpretation. It's all a perception of whoever's reading it. It's that it's their experience. Yep. So then it's in it's in again self-imposed, right? It's like Yeah. As a writer and an author, yeah, I will tell you, like, actually, my first memoir is somewhere that's waiting for my approval of the final format of it. I'm just like, done is better than perfect. Like, yeah. I could keep editing it. Yeah. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of that damn book. I don't care anymore. If anyone reads it at this point, <laughs> I'm like, just stop. Just publish it and get it out. Right. But there's, so I think of it in different terms. So I think of, yeah, done is better than perfect. Correct. But there's got to be some level of professional, like, um, yeah, anybody could just like write anything, you know, you could write in your journal and just throw it out there and just say, all right, it's just done. I mean, it's on this kind of spectrum and I guess where you feel comfortable. That's the value of ghostwriting as well. 
mm-hmm. when you and I first connected, you shared some of your written content and talk about the beauty of having no expectations. Like when you and I first connected, I went, what could this guy have to say? Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> Appearances. Huh? <laughs> Don't give off a good first impression. No, we, we haven't even met. <laughs> oh, okay. What could this guy have to say? <laughs> and I start reading your writing and I'm like, He's got really good insight. Like <laughs> men think that way. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I know. Yeah. And so we were also we finished it off with well, at least my thought process on it was a kid is the perfect example of not being busy, right? Yes. Kid'll sleep, yep. watch cartoons all morning. I mean, then I mean they'll play, but they play because they want to play. They, there's no guilt in like thinking they have to be busy or doing stuff well, because they're present in whatever the hell they're doing, whether so they're doing the anything or nothing like they're present. Yes. It comes back to the being present. And right. You know, we are so addicted to technology. We are so addicted to Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. A few times a day, but like, we're so addicted to looking to the external that we're avoiding what's right in front of us. Yeah. It's that scattered kind of, we're just, our brains toggling so often and so constant that you can never really focus on anything. Right. And so busy, I always thought busy meant, I always think of like a CEO that's got like this freaking 15 appointments in a day and just jumping around from appointment to appointment at conference rooms and talking to different people and phone calls. It's not that it's like, it's more of a state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have scattered and you're unfocused, you just feel anxious and anxious and busy are kind of almost synonymous. Well, and like even while you and I are talking, like my phone is on silent. I can't see it. It's next to me, but I can't see it right now. Like, cause I don't, I don't need that. I want to be present in this conversation. And yet yeah. so many people are, they're on multiple devices. And like we've talked about like, was it my friend who was <laughs> order coffee? And like yes. Tell them. <laughs> yes, your friend. Yeah, finger up, right? Yeah. Like, hold on a second. It's like, how hmm, mm-hmm. how self-important are you? Yeah. I mean, it's just I think I mentioned on another podcast about the Dalai Lama, like the experience that people, a lot of people have when they meet him is mm-hmm. that he's so like he's so more present than like just your everyday person that you would meet that it's almost like mesmerizing. Charring. Yeah. Because yeah. he's surrounded by people everywhere he goes, but when he's talking mm-hmm. to one person, he's like literally focusing and talk. Even when people are like asking him questions on the side or this camera's flashing or whatever, it's like, he just lasers in. I think this is why people tell me shit. Cause I'm just so focused on whoever I'm talking to. It's, it's one of the best qualities you could have. They, they say that, if you can teach like a child how to do that, hmm. it's it's the best, the most effective skill. Like interpersonal, interpersonal, just for everything in your life. If you can basically just focus your attention and not have it always scattered, that's one of the best. That's what all. I mean, it's what meditation does. I mean, it's the whole purpose of meditation. It's kind of lasers in yeah. on focusing on one, whether it's your breath or whatever. But then doing that interpersonally where like you could literally listen to somebody and engage 
and take in what they're saying. And well, we could have a whole conversation about the art of listening, like because nobody <laughs> understands how to listen. People don't understand how to actually listen to other people. Yeah. Like I'll be in conversation with people and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, you're not even listening to me. Oh, so exactly. So yeah, you have this other friends that I want to talk to you about <laughs> that when I, whenever you call her on the phone, uh, <laughs> he's a really a great guy, but like, I mean, your friends, wait, how, I'm mixing this up. I will just, all right, we'll go with my friends. So yeah, like I always have this tense feeling on the phone because he's always not trying to get off the phone, but just sort of like, you can tell he's scattered. Like I'm talking yeah. to him. And then yeah. like, he's ordering food through a drive through as I'm talking to him. And then he's like, yep. all right, I, I got to go pick up so-and-so and I got to go do this. Uh, all right, man, I'll, I'll call you back a little later. This, everything's like frantic. Yep. I'm always kind of like, dude, fucking give me 10, you know, let's talk for 10 minutes. Like slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Or just call me when you have time. Like, you know, call me when you got a million other things going on. Well, <laughs> you and I need to have a conversation about <laughs> quality of friendships. <laughs> No, but again, it's just, <laughs> it's the busy thing. It's the busy thing. They, they got well, it's the distraction thing. It and, is. It, and I find it so fucking rude. It is. It is. It's like, I'm, you're telling me I'm not important to you. Essentially. You're telling me I'm not a priority to you. Yeah. It diminishes the quality of the relationship. I have acquaintances who that's their literal default is I'm so busy. And I'm just like, I'm tired of hearing you say this. Yeah, it's it's exhausting to be around those people, right? It doesn't make me want to make you a priority to spend time with. I mean, absolutely if you not. Reach out to me, it's, I really don't want to make time for you. Yeah, because you're just so damn busy. Well, have fun with that. Well, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with being like flaky, right? Like if you're like always yes. busy, you're just like oh. flaky too. Like you're, ba- you're back. You're all over the place. Yeah. Yes. You commit oh. to one thing and you back out last minute, and you're just all you know, it's, and you're just that person. <laughs> Anyway. So yeah, I like yeah, I like the idea of addressing this because it's so it's so prevalent. It is so pervasive yeah. in our society. And once like and I even will challenge listeners, start paying attention because once you start paying attention, you'll hear it more and more. Mm-hmm. Just start noticing how often people actually say it. Yeah, now that you know, it's like when you bought your, you know, Toyota Camry. How many Camrys you see on the road? <laughs> the reticular activating system to get technical. Oh, reticular activating system! My God! Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, advanced neuropsych was the first psych course I ever took. So, I like that one. Okay. It's the RAS. It's your brain filtering. Is it the same process as if, like, you buy a shirt and you see somebody else wearing that shirt? Yeah. Your brain is filtering. So we are bombarded with so much input in every minute of every single day. Our brains can't process all of it. So there's filters in place, and this is one of them. Mm. And once you put your attention on something, this reticular activating system actually is the filter that helps you focus and actually receive the information. Hmm. Yeah. So it's advanced neuropsych lesson today. I just want to know like why when I see somebody else wearing a mm-hmm. shirt that I own, it makes me not like that oh, shirt anymore. Uh, that might be a deeper issue. Has nothing to do with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I, when I bought the shirt, I loved it. And when I wore it, I'm like, I like this shirt. And then I see somebody else with it. I'm like, ah. Oh. All right. We'll have an off-air conversation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Okay, that has nothing to do with the reticular <laughs> reticular activating system. Reticular, that's what I meant. Well, that kind of sums up our so busy. Our un- <laughs> speaking of unfocused, yes, so busy is a bullshit word. It's a state of mind, and it, it's totally an excuse, and it's a mask, and it's an illusion, and it, it is definitely a cover for something deeper that a lot of people are not comfortable. Yeah, confronting. It's funny. I like the idea. I do want to meet the people out there that are not busy and will verbalize that to me and say, I'm just having a very slow day today. Yeah, there you go. Hi. <laughs> I don't really have much going on. <laughs> How's everything going? Lots of free time. I had conversation with you on my calendar today. Like Me too. Hey, want to do it one ish? Yeah, sure. One ish is good. Quarantine has kind of killed my creativity. So like writing has not been... Oh, done the same for me. I, I, I you would Ooh. think this would be the time I would like spend like playing drum. Like I haven't even picked up my sticks and like no, I just don't want to do it. Like I don't know what it, I think. I'm tired. I I don't know why I'm so tired, but I'm yeah. freaking tired. Yeah. This fucking holding this collective grief is just fucking exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Could you all take this back, please? That's got to be part of it, right? It is definitely part of it. But for those of us who are highly sensitive, this mm-hmm. has been a very exhausting couple of months. Yeah, I never knew how much it would affect me. Like, again, we always talk about we're both, you know, quote unquote introverts with mm-hmm. some extroverted tendencies or whatever. Or social introverts. Social introverts. Okay, I like that. Um, and then... But I'm so we both work from home. Yeah. And so when I think of an average week for me, like maybe, maybe I'd eat out like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Not like even at a sit down restaurant, just going to like a Chipotle or something. Yeah. And then I go to the gym every day and I wouldn't really talk to people at the gym. I just work out, but I'd be around people. Right. And just removing those two things just threw me for a loop because like those were like, although small outlets, they were still outlets. And now you're removing that and I'm working from home. Well, and the defiant part of me is like, you're telling me I can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. How about no? My One of my sisters is horrified. She goes, you're going to the grocery store for social interaction? I'm like, yeah. She's like, that just seems weird. I'm like, it's just nice to actually make eye contact with people. It's interesting. And that's funny. Uh, most people I talk to do the same thing. I do it. I mean... Grocery store. Who would have thought? Like I'm there. The like highlight of my day. It is. Shit. I just find reasons to buy shit. You know. I'm like, if I buy a bag of carrots, I'm like, I yeah. literally went in to buy a bag of carrots. I'm like, I went all the way to the grocery store to buy one bag of carrots, just to yeah. get out and walk around. Like I'll literally walk the aisles. I'm like, you know, get some exercise. And people are so friendly. Like, and the grocery stores they have, honestly, they in are. Charlotte, I have to give them a lot of credit, especially at Harris Theater. Because Harris Theater, they are friendly. Wishing me a good day. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just pleasant. And a lot of them are kids and that they're not busy. They're not scared. Oh my God. So I got, <laughs> for, I got carded for wine the other day. I looked at the kid like I could be his mother. <laughs> and I finally looked at him and I said, I'm 41. Like, right. Could just stop. He's like, I need to see your license. I'm going. You weren't. Yeah. 
he wasn't so busy. He actually had the time to actually. Yeah. Like when you engage with these kids, it's great. It's really funny because like some of the kids, at least the Harris Teeter experience, the kids that I meet with or just talk to, mm-hmm. like, so how's your day going? They immediately start talking with you. They'll tell you about oh, like yeah. where they go to college or where they went to high school and what sport, like they'll get into topics. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Like they'll get, they'll totally engage with you. And then some of the older cashiers, it's different. Sometimes they're a little more removed. But then if you get to the suit, like the elderly, like 60 plus, they, they're amazing to talk to. They're all about the conversation. Love, oh, like, yeah. Oh, how's your day going? Like they're genuinely interested. Genuinely. I'm like, I think it's like that middle area from like, what is it? Like 30 to like 55 is like people are just scattered, you know, and busy. No, it's no? millennials. A little younger, 25? It's 25 to 50, 40. It's a different, I mean, they grew up different. They grew up with like, I mean, I feel like I was the last of the, you know, had parents that just let you run wild, you know, just go ahead, run out the front door, come back for dinner. Yeah. yeah. No more of that shit. You don't see that anymore. So generation after you and I came along and they were like, we got to do all the extracurricular activities and we've got to pack the schedules and so busy and our kids calendars can't have any white space. And it's just like, what the hell? Let them be kids. It's yeah. I mean, and look at, these are the now 25 year olds who are looking around going, what do you mean the economy is in a downturn? It's like, oh God. No, but that's, but it, it just made me realize though, my parents' generation, the World War II generation, yeah, they would never say they were busy. And they were the busiest people. Like my dad would work from 5 a.m., you know, leave at 5 a.m., come at 8.30. Yep. I never once heard my parents say, oh, so busy. Yep. Never, they never said those words. Mm-hmm. But they were, I mean, they were just as busy as anyone else. Yeah. I mean, isn't that strange? But they weren't bragging about it. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, they yeah, they were definitely that generation of like, you don't complain. The silent. You don't complain yeah. about anything. Mm, stoic. Yeah. Stoic. Busy means you're complaining. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That Yeah. From, man, World War II all the way up to millennials and like how we talk and how we express ourselves. Yeah. And it's not even millennials that... I find irritate me with saying it so much. It's like actually my contemporaries. I'm just like, yeah. shut the hell up. Absolutely. But they've taken it. They've adopted it. I'm like, okay, you think so. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy my naps. <laughs> Read your books, go on vacation when you want and not, you know, be ashamed <laughs> of it. Right. I know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be apologetic for not being busy. What the fuck? Screw that. <laughs> All right. So, so busy episode 28. So next week we are doing a cool one and it's going to be called making the unconscious conscious, Mm -hmm. which completely leads us into one of my favorite books, Mm. which is by James Hollis. It's called through the dark wood. I just got you onto it, Diane. I know I'm so hooked onto it. I'm like devouring it. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, if you're, oh man, it's so good. Anyway, so yeah, it goes right into like, they go hand in hand, making the unconscious conscious and through the dark wood, which talks about the second half of life. Mm-hmm. And it's from a PhD psychologist, James Hollis, who's therapist. Uh huh. Yeah, he's just great. So that'll be next week. That'll be episode 29. And so follow us, faconfessions.com. Like, subscribe. 
uh, write a review, share, review, share, comment. Yeah, yeah, make some comments. But yeah, that was fun, Diane. That was a good one. Next week's going to be real good. You got to get through the book though before next week. I will. I, I've only got like five <laughs> hours left. I'm actually listening to it. I don't listen to many books, but I'm listening to this one. So. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>